friend. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. I feel like I need a medieval herald to come before me and be like, queen of burnout, mother of dragons, family medicine doctor, sometimes fixer of the toilet, Aaron Wiseman. Are you with me? We all have so many titles that we carry around. We might as well have fun with them. Anyway, I'm coming at you today on a solo cast about an an emotion and topic that I have recently been processing through. And I thought you might have a little bit about it as well. It's resentment. Ever have a little bit of it in your life? Ever carry some around? Does it ever rear its ugly head at times when you didn't even think it was around? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and specifically, we're going to talk about a question that I recently asked, which was, is my resentment righteous? Mm, It's a good one. All right. Well, join me in the solo cast today, and hopefully you get something out of it, too. All right. Here we go. All right, let's talk resentment. This has recently come up in my life as I've been processing through. If you're not with me, you haven't listened to any of the recent episodes, no big deal. Let me give you a snapshot. So I recently have closed a chapter in my life and started a new one. I am back into practicing clinical medicine on a very regular basis. I started a new FQHC here in Southern Indiana. I'm super pumped about it. I'm so excited to be doing it. But in the midst of doing this, there have been bubbles of emotion that have been coming up to the surface. Now, when I was going through training, it was not anything that was standard of care for residents to have a therapist or a psychiatrist that they talked with. But as I've worked in the psychiatry realm and working with psych residencies, I think it's really awesome that they get a lot of support as they're going through training and they're encouraged to do that through their entire career. I mean, as well as like therapists, they're encouraged to take care of their own mental health throughout their career. And so starting this new position, I've really taken upon myself to get those exact things for me. And so sitting down and processing with my therapist about it, she said, Aaron, it seems like resentment is coming up quite a bit. I don't know if you can hear this in the background, but my new dog is playing with a squeaky toy. (laughs) Sorry, ADHD distracted. Okay, back to the therapist and resentment. Yeah, she brought it up to me that, you know, that I really hold on. And so doing my research, which is aka Googling, I realized that a lot of people have a lot of things to say about resentment. And so I kind of came up with my own definition, given that there's a bunch out there on said Google. But for me, what resonated when I think about it, resentment is complex and multi-layered. It's not like a simple emotion with boom, that's that feeling state. And so for me, resentment is a mix of disappointment with a whole big scoop of anger. It's got disgust in it, fear, and also pain, I realize, as part of my resentment definition. It's strong. It definitely feels painful. And it can consume me. It is definitely an emotion that can just like 
hardwire over my brain and I'm not even thinking logically anymore. And one of the things with it is I always said I didn't want to be one of those bitter old ladies who holds on to some stupid event that happened in the grocery store 35 years ago or when they were slighted by another woman at the cookie bake off. at the 4-H fair. Like, I didn't ever want to be that, but I really have found that that bitterness, that grumpy old lady has started to show up more and more in my life. And honestly, I don't want to be that. I want to be the fun-lugging, kooky old lady who goes with the flow and just is like, oh yeah, that happened. And, you know, let it go instead of letting it fester inside of me like a nasty abscess. And so with that, one of the definitions I found for resentment was that resentment is built on a base of standards that are unattainable. And that made a lot of sense to me because, you know, I talk about the shoulds and the way things are supposed to be and the things that must be. And I thought, hmm, I think I got a little bit more digging in to do about that. Because as I think about my own resentment and things I've been resentful for, I do think they have a base built on that. So. First and foremost, I do want to normalize that we all have resentment in some ways. But then the question came up, is my resentment righteous? Is what I'm pissed off about and what I'm hurt about and the things that have injured me specifically around the workplace and working in medicine, like, am I righteous to hold on to this? Am I is that what it is? And and I explain that because, you know, I'm in a totally new environment, started a whole new clinic, that sort of thing. But I felt like in the medical system as a whole, quote unquote, doing air quotes right now, I get to be upset and pissed off about things like not having patients, not having access to care or those that are uninsured or underinsured, not having the quality of those who can show up at any place and and have coverage for that. And so I've had to really sit back and reflect about that to see, is my resentment righteous? Because if it's righteous, then I get to hold on to it. But if I hold on to it, who am I really hurting? Am I really like sticking it to the system of medicine? And what I realized is actually I'm doing more harm to myself. And so being a super passionate person I'm really working really hard to let go of my resentment. Have I done it? No, absolutely freaking not. (laughs) I have not done it. But I'm going to give you like some of the top tips that I've found as I'm working through my own resentment, share them with you, see if they resonate. And another thing is, and this is a selfish reason, hopefully as I talk about them more, I'll be able to put them in practice more in my own life. All right, tip number one for me and for you is recognizing when I feel resentment. (laughs) That sounds super simple, but for someone who is constantly working on feeling her feels, (laughs) it's not always so easy to identify. I mean, seriously, that's why we have a feeling chart on the refrigerator at my house so we can practice feeling our feels. It's not just a kid thing. I think it will be a forever life thing for me is working on feeling my feels and like naming the feels. And even if it's a whole bunch of feels, like going there and being in it, but recognizing it and recognizing that maybe my feelings are coming up because I feel hurt. So I initially started out in life as a person who 
was not one to be very vulnerable, but the conditioning that I received through medicine definitely reinforced not being vulnerable and not opening up about your hurts and that sort of thing. And so tip number one for me is when I feel big emotions like this to step back and say, like, I feel pain right now. I feel hurt. And to ask myself the question of, like, then what hurt me? And that's been really interesting because, again, as someone who never wants to admit that they're hurt or never admits that there's anything wrong, and but to be human is to experience pain. It just is. And so to admit that you're hurt is to also admit that you're human as well. And so to, to recognize the feeling and then recognize maybe what is provoking the feeling has been really big to me. Tip number two that's been super helpful is having someone to help validate my experience, not validate the situation or my reaction, how I handled it, because you know that's, I want to explain why I'm 100% right, but having someone there just to validate my hurt or to validate suffering in that moment and that pain. And recently, that's been a whole bunch of people who have helped to do that. And it's been really great, actually, instead of, and going back to the question of, do I have righteous resentment? I think it's really coming back is, do I have a valid experience? And I can say now, yeah. I don't have to wait for the shit to hit the fan. Like I can have feelings, I can have experiences, and they can be valid for me. Maybe not everybody else in the room felt that way. Maybe not the organization, but I no longer have to hold to resentment to be like, well, I'm right and this is why, and to fight it through and to show that external source that wronged me. I can have that experience and I can feel wronged. And I need people around me to say, wow, that was tough, and to give me empathy and to give me compassion, because sometimes I find it really hard to give myself empathy and compassion. Which leads to number three, and I've talked about it so many times, Kristen Neff has been on the podcast, but self-compassion, so huge. And I've been really working the equation backwards instead of what I've always been leaned on, which is showing more compassion to other people, instead dumping on self-compassion for myself, like being like, wow, this is a really hard moment. Or yeah, this is really difficult. And again, validating my own experience, not the situation around me or, you know, righting a wrong, but just that I can have feelings. I can have the feels as far as with that. Tip number four that's been helping me work through and like see all the layers of my resentment is being able to name and find my core values and situations when I have big resentment. Because like I mentioned in the beginning, my resentment is a blend of anger and fear and pain and disgust and disappointment. And those things are not always physically tangible. Sometimes they are. But Definitely mental and I think spiritual and emotional. And so I've really found that my core values, I've really learned to live in them. So when a situation goes totally counter against that, it causes me emotional, mental, spiritual pain. And 
recognizing when my core values have been violated, when my core values are not in alignment in a situation or in a conversation. So like, for instance, recently, there was something going down in the clinic. I felt like it needed to be handled one way, and that was in alignment with my core value of fairness and equality. And the person on the other side was not seeing it the same way. And I got really resentful, one, towards the situation, and two, towards that person. But when I was able to step back and see like, oh, I see why I'm really pissed. It's not because of who that person is. It's instead because of the situation was 100%. 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what my core value is as I was advocating for that. So then I'm better able to explain and communicate in the workplace. This does not align with me because da, 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 da. And so it's been really helpful for me finding my core value, kind of like reverse processing it after the resentment's happening and being like, oh, that's the reason why. Because it doesn't align with who I am. All right. Tip number five has been a hard one for me. The next couple of these are going along Buddhist principles when it comes to resentment, anger, aggression, that sort of things. And so tip number five is don't repress it. Don't react to it. Wait. Patience. Oof. I don't know about you. (laughs) But the first two options of suppress it or react to it, those are more my natural inclinations than the weight and the patience. But, but let me tell you, when I have been able to wait, when I have been able to breathe, when I have been able to infuse some patience in there, the situations have been so much better. And actually, I can tangibly feel the resentment start to dissolve away. And so... I just have to remind myself, time heals all wounds. Sometimes the only ingredient we need that we don't have is time. And so having the patience in the situation to remind myself, don't react, but also don't push this away in the closet and suppress it. Just give it some time. Have patience with it. And with that, too, I think you can bring in some of the coaching principles of like getting curious and investigating as well. Kind of holding it with softness is another way that that people would talk about it. But yeah, like waiting. And I find myself using the word waiting instead of patience because patience is still super triggering word for me. So tip number five is wait. Like I mentioned, a lot of these next couple tips are going to come from Buddhist texts. But the next one is, is the Buddha talks about where there is suffering, there is attachment. And so I see resentment as a form of suffering. And so asking the question, what am I attached to here? That's bringing up this big resentment. And like I mentioned before, and one of the other tips, you know, core values is a really big one. But I've also found a lot of times here recently, what's attached to my resentment is my own pride, is my own desire for recognition. It is my own, I am right, you are wrong, ego as well. And so seeing that attachment also then helps me to dissolve and let that resentment go. Tip number seven is asking myself the question of, you have a choice here. Which one do you want to make? You can be open or close. 
You have the choice to hold or let go. You can be hard or soft. And I know that's super like binary thinking. And like I always say we can be both, which I do think we can be both. But in this situation, what it helps me to do and what tip number seven is, is to remember that you have choice. I think so many times when I get in a big emotion, it's just like I'm in it and I'm swimming in it or I'm a volcano exploding it. But reminding myself if I can, like I have a choice in this situation. And maybe I can't 100% let it go, but maybe I can 2% let it go. And that's okay. And then the last one, tip number eight, oh, it's a biggie. So I think that trying to like solve all of my life's biggest problems will probably never happen. And so I love tip number eight, which is practice with the little ones. You don't have to go after the big one now. And I got this from a blog post that I was reading about anger and resentment. And I think it's so true that, you know, we practice with the small stuff and everything else. Why would we not do this for ourselves? But two weeks ago when I had big, big anger, frustration, resentment, all the things, there was no way at that point I was going to be able to let that go. There was no amount of yoga or meditation or like breathing scented candles that were going to help at that point. But what I could do is when something popped up with the kids, like spilling a jug of milk on the floor, I was like, it's okay. It is okay. No one is dying here. We are okay. And so letting myself let go of the little ones, so at least that's not piling up on top of the big one, has been a big win for me. So practicing with the little ones, maybe someday I'll get over my resentment for the system of medicine and what I feel like was the trauma that I went through as a trainee and early career physician. Then again, maybe I won't. But along the way, at least I can practice with the little ones and maybe then practice with the medium-sized ones and then maybe approach some of the other newer, bigger ones. And I hope one day that I'll be able to confront it and to fully let it go and to breathe and not be triggered by it. But in the meantime, I'm going to do the best that I can. And I wish that for you as well. And to remind you too, you are doing great, my friend. You are hanging in there. You are showing up each and every day. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. 
is the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules, but you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day, having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there too. So come on over, come sit with me. this solo cast has been helpful. It's actually been super helpful for me to just bleh, word vomit and get it all out. If it meant anything to you, drop me an email. Let me know if you have resentment in your life and if any of these tips may have helped you. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs>